Hello and welcome back to Inside Quotes, the show where my brother and I rewatch, review, and relive the staples of our childhood. The staples center of our childhood. Um, this is episode 60, and I am your host Jeremy, and with me today is my older brother Jonathan. Welcome back to the show. Bow, wow, wow, yippee, yo, yippee, yay, where my dogs at? <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> quack, quack, everybody. Jonathan here for another episode of Inside Quotes. It's not Lil Bow Wow, as you may have suspected. Uh, we do have similar voices, I'm told. But we do have a special guest with us today, and it's not Lil Bow Wow, but he is also in this movie. Uh, everybody, you know him from Stuart Little, and you know him from this movie as Murph, Jonathan Lipnicki. I mean, Philip Philip Russell from the uh, Into the Valley podcast. Kobe wouldn't back down from no challenge. <laughs> Alan Iverson wouldn't back down from no challenge. Michael Jordan sure as heck wouldn't back down from no challenge. So I'm here to bring the heat to inside quotes. How you guys hey, doing? We're doing great. Doing, doing great. Good. Philip ain't no chalupa giveaway. That's for sure. <laughs> no, I also I also want to say as a as a fellow podcaster, we on our podcast we try to give guests a warm welcome, but calling me the Murph <laughs> of this movie isn't a great way to get. Hey, Murph to is get my started. favorite character. I'm sorry, he's my favorite. That's just a little unsolicited podcasting advice coming at you one minute into the into the show. But a warmer welcome <laughs> next time might be uh, might be a little better there, my guy. I apologize. I apologize. It's... At least it wasn't Jesse Plemons. <laughs> hey, Jesse Plemons. This is his best role, easily. So, Philip, since Jeremy couldn't give you a warm welcome, I myself would like to extend our gratitude for you coming on our podcast and for that excellent advice, I, I, I have to say. All right? And you said you're a fellow podcaster, so why don't you let the listeners know uh, what, what's your show about? First of all, Jonathan, ever since I've gotten on this Zencaster call, You've made me feel warm and welcomed, and I've felt the affection through my computer screen from you, so I thank you for that. It's just Jeremy who needs to step up his game uh. a bit, but our <laughs> podcast, I have a podcast with my friends Ryan and Ethan Shutt. We host a podcast called Into the Valley, a Phoenix Suns podcast. We're part of the Brightside Podcast Network, which is part of SB Nation. Eventually, we're under Vox Media, and surprisingly, since it's titled Into the Valley, a Phoenix Suns podcast. We talk all things Phoenix Suns basketball, so I feel like the token basketball fan coming onto this, coming onto this <laughs> podcast. But I appreciate you. I appreciate you bringing in a podcaster about basketball to talk about. Like, Mike. well, we did need an NBA expert. Um, we couldn't find any any Knights podcasters, so we we went for you. Um, but it's okay because the Suns are way better. So can we can we just get into it and talk about that real quick? Can we get into yeah. it and talk about that? Okay, so this is, Like Mike is a movie set in LA, and the whole premise of the movie is that the Knights are absolute trash. Yeah. The other thing, though, is that they mention Kobe. So the Lakers are part of this universe, but the Clippers, the other team from yeah. Los Angeles, aren't, as far as we know. So it seems like this is a little subtle, <laughs> not so subtle, maybe dig at the Clippers being like, hey, team from LA not named the Lakers. You guys are absolute trash at basketball. And you might you might benefit <laughs> from a four foot eight, 
magically empowered child coming in and helping out your team. <laughs> That's the best. It's kind of like rookie of the year with oh, the Chicago dude. Cubs. I, yeah, we can go off on a first tangent. <laughs> and then, 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 re, 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 roll, 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 and then just fires the strike into the washing machine. Oh, yeah, I'm here for it. <laughs> Excellent. Beautiful. While we're on the rookie of the year tangent, I, I did have a note that I just wanted to to place in here at some point. All right, Jeremy, we have talked about, you know, yeah. rookie of the year being like a classic, like wish fulfillment, you know, kid plays professional sports movie. And that's exactly what this movie is, right? Yeah. So it's like this, there's a connection there. Of course. But, you know, Jeremy, we've talked about how much we love the boat scene in rookie of the year dude and i felt like this movie was trying to rip off of that boat scene with the paint scene with the paint scene dog at tea time's house like that mm. was so cool to watch like i always loved the music at that part and then just them like getting covered in paint and jumping in the pool let me tell you what there's nothing on this earth that made me more excited to move up to ninth grade so i can learn geometry <laughs> i've never been more excited for math before because I thought I was going to be covered in paint and swimming in a pool at some mansion. And it uh, unfortunately, that didn't work out. But I still enjoy geometry uh, on paper. So, But on the, on the test, you could sit there and go, isolate. Isosceles. <laughs> you know, the Lakers, they don't use that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're equal to spark. Equilateral. Equilateral. And then I love the one for, for the Knights. This is us, cause I'm, cause I'm so cute. <laughs> well, I am very glad that we have an expert on this show, because I know nothing about basketball. Um, and honestly, if you were to ask me, maybe like a week ago, or maybe like a day ago, or maybe like two minutes ago. Uh, I would have said that the LA Knights were an actual basketball team in the NBA. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, I do not understand the NBA. Uh, but the only I, I do know that if I were to choose a team, it would be the Phoenix the Suns because that's huge in Bowling Green. It's huge in Bowling Green? There are three of us. <laughs> <laughs> there are three. Well, now two because one of us moved to well, Florida. Yeah, well, so now like, there's, there's, two, there's a, two more. Yeah, there's a there's a podcast. There's this. Why are you a fan of the Phoenix Suns? And Jeremy's like, there's this podcast based out of the town where I live, and they cover the Phoenix Suns. So I guess I'm just a Phoenix Suns fan. So did you oh, guys yeah. did you guys grow up playing basketball at all? Uh, I played in middle school. Mm-hmm. I played right wing, and uh, I made a couple shots in the whole season. Okay, Jonathan, what about you? Yeah, we uh, we we both played at school. We were at a small private school, and and I played elementary middle school up until like high school and I really enjoyed it I mean soccer was always like my number one but basketball was pretty high up there for me and I I still really enjoyed playing but I'll tell you the the point when I I stopped caring about basketball as much was probably about seventh grade because everyone else in my class like had a growth spurt and all of a sudden I was like the (laughs) shortest one and so every time we'd play it was just it was just brutal Uh, I just it, it was tough it was tough how big of a deal would you guys say basketball was in your hometown, just like in the community in general? Oh, Tampa's a huge basketball city, of course. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> uh, our, the biggest, uh, I mean, we were always a soccer family. I mean, everybody in our family played soccer mostly. Uh, 
but I mean, we had our Bulls jerseys growing up. I got the hand-me-down ones, but I mean, Space Jam was about it, if you're asking me. Um, yeah, I mean, being from Tampa, we had our resident, you know, Knights team, aka the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, because they yeah. were pretty terrible. Um, but yeah, we didn't have a, ba- a professional basketball team. The same year that this movie came out, they won. Oh, that's true. <laughs> so, so that's I guess that's an interesting contrast between between where we grew up. So I grew up in Northwest Indiana. The closest big city would be Chicago, about forty five minutes away to an hour from where yeah. from where I grew up. But it was kind of a stereotypical Indiana town where basketball just ran deep. Yeah, every driveway, every park, every school it was like every recess. If it was outside, we were playing at the two basketball goals we had posted up outside. If we were inside, we were going down to the gym slash cafeteria to get our shots up. Even in even in high school, I was far from athletic enough to play on the pretty good high school basketball team that we had in my in my city. All of my friends, or a good chunk of my friends, would go to the Y and we would play pickup after school. That's how we got a lot of our exercise. Like it was just ingrained in the in the community. So this this movie amongst my friends, especially growing up, like fourth and fifth grade, a couple years after a couple years after it came out became one of our most quoted movies <laughs> wanting both to be like mike and then having those incredible moments in the driveway where you lace up your shoes you hit them with the make me like mike and you go and just put a dunk down on the like five and a half or six foot goal <laughs> that, yeah. that we had out there I forgot. Yeah, I used I, to have one of those like small like kids goals. It was probably like four feet, but I used to I used to dunk on that all the time. Oh, see, we had we had the full size goal. We just had it where you could lower it really low, and <laughs> oh, we just yeah. wanted to feel we wanted to feel good about ourselves, and we wanted to feel cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we. I mean, it was basketball was definitely pretty big at um, as far as like at recess. <laughs> we played like all the time. Um, we'd kind of switch, we, we, and... you know, you go through phases of like which mm-hmm. sports you play and then, but there was always, there was always like a season of where basketball was like it. If it was lunch, yeah. you ate as quick as you could and ran out to the courts, that sort of thing. And, um, you know, our mom worked at the school that we went to. So we were there, you know, for aftercare, daycare and all that for hours afterwards. And so yeah. there's a lot of time out mm-hmm. at the courts too then. Yeah. There's that, there's that quote from field of dreams. Mm-hmm. That says like the one constant through all the years, Ray has been baseball. For for me, the constant from my childhood until now, and even the way that I reconnect with some of my childhood friends on Twitter or different kinds of social media texting is through basketball, watching the games and then hitting each other up about it. Okay, dude, you just unlocked a memory saying that like after school and staying late. Mm-hmm. I just remember us like just picture this after school Sunday in Florida and we're just out in the like nobody's there we're the last ones last kids in sight it's like ghost town and we're just playing basketball shooting hoops more you than me I'm just like trying to get the ball from you because you're five years older than me um but either so I had way to play against Jeremy because I was still taller than him at that time <laughs> everyone else had shot maybe, up maybe that's why I was never encouraged to be good at basketball <laughs> um all of a sudden you hear the echoes of the PA system at school and mom oh. goes and goes to the the secretaries <laughs> and she takes it because I mean nobody's there. So she uses 
Jeremy and Jonathan, please come to the front office. <laughs> Just echoes across the whole parking lot. It was so weird. What a weird feeling. I forgot about that. Being the yeah. only people there. Just walking through the empty hallway. All sweaty, ready to go home at like 5 p.m. <laughs> but still more of a more of a four square guy, honestly. <laughs> when we're talking recess. Mm. Now is that the sequel, like Mike 2, Streetball? Have you what? <laughs> is that what the, the sequel's about? Foursquare. Have you guys have you guys watched the sequel? I, I have not. I've seen the trailer and I know Kel Oh, we have a firm it. stance. We haven't even talked about the movie yet, and we're already talking about the street ball. I didn't even know there was this <laughs> or the sequel, not the street ball. I didn't know there was a sequel until today, going back the and rewatching pool. it and taking mm-hmm. notes. Like Mike Two Street Ball. Yep. Oh, did you watch the previews as you were a kid, or did you always skip those? We definitely watched them. We definitely oh, okay. watched them. Yeah. Well, maybe you just didn't get the right ones because I remember seeing that preview all the time. For, it like, must have been team. at the beginning of some movie we watched a lot because I, I remember yeah. seeing ads for it all the time, and I was like, "That's not that's not Calvin Cambridge." Yeah, it looks like complete a completely different cast. Yeah, me and Jonathan have a firm oh, here at Inside Quotes. We have a firm policy that we don't watch uh, straight to video sequels unless they're like proven to be great, uh, and someone has to prove that to us. So we we firmly don't watch the Sandlot movies, other than the first one. We firmly don't watch. Uh, actually, you know what? We do watch Home Alone three. That's one of the best ones. No, Home Alone three but, is not a straight to video. That's a theatrical release. That's not canon. straight to video, but like you know, it's a it's a different. It's sort of a reboot, but they call it a sequel because there's a completely different kid. That and we've got. Uh, oh, what am I thinking of? Uh. Yeah, Air Buddies. Why? Honestly, even Air Bud baseball and volleyball. Okay, you know what? Air Bud, though? That's another movie mm-hmm. that, like Mike, is ripping off because it's about a dog playing basketball. <laughs> that one hurt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I thought it was pretty good. That was, <laughs> All right. We'll take it. We'll bow wow. But you're not getting your change back. <laughs> oh. Philip, do you remember the first time you saw this movie? No, I don't. I have I have combed my memories to try to think about my first experience with this, but I feel like I watched it so many times and it became so ingrained just in the in the way I interacted with my friends, just in a joking way about basketball that I don't have I don't have memories of the first time. I just I told Jonathan before we started recording, this is a staple, like the stapliest, one of the stapliest of my entire childhood. Wow. Use, using our phrases? I love it. I, I'm a, I'm <laughs> I'm a loyal honored. listener. I'm a loyal listener, my guy. Uh, it's it's one of the movies that I probably referenced most as as a kid. Because again, we were playing basketball all the time. Mm-hmm. So it just came up over and over again. Tying shoes out on the basketball court. If you went to a store and you got something for free, you hit them with a fervery. Uh fervery. Yeah. <laughs> and then my my mom operated with the quintessential Sister Teresa mantra of no homework, no game. No game. And that uh <laughs> It never kept me from a game. It did keep my brother from a couple games in, <laughs> in his illustrious athletic 
athletic career. <laughs> oh man, that uh, we would. I mean, every time we play each other in a game or something, or we beat somebody, we're just like, man, I just whooped on Joe again. Yep, that's the one we <laughs> use probably the most. Mm-hmm. I think. <laughs> um, but I was gonna say, oh the. So the like the power lines. I've always like believed that power lines and electricity gave you superpowers because that's like a lot of movies growing up, mm-hmm. but especially these. And I'm like, especially those power lines that you see on the road with like the big orange balls on them. <laughs> I guess those are connectors. I don't. I have no idea what they are, mm-hmm. but uh, they looked like basketballs. I'm like, oh, that one's got some basketball powers. Let's stop. <laughs> get get electrocuted. Let's throw our shoes up there. <laughs> I forgot about but, that. Yeah, as a kid, I drive by like you see them around like hospitals and stuff. At least in yeah. Tampa, I, and I don't know. Do you what know what you're are. talking about, Philip? Oh, yeah, it's just yeah. a Florida thing. Okay, nah, I know what you're talking about. And I too okay. thought they were basketballs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's to say that could be the inspiration for the whole movie? Maybe, maybe. Uh, oh, I have basketball trivia for you guys. Are you ready? Oh yes. All right. So since you guys aren't huge basketball fans. Do you know what specifically originated the phrase "be like Mike"? Uh, historically, I want to go towards uh, "I like Ike," the 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 campaign phrase from Dwight David Eisenhower. You're you're going uh, back a little far there. A little too far. Okay. A little too Good. far. I just know a lot of Dwight David Eisenhower facts from when mom made me do a five paragraph essay on him yeah, yeah. during the summer as a punishment. <laughs> I, I have no idea. So it was, it was a, it's a very famous ad campaign that Gatorade put on using Michael Jordan. Okay. That it's a, there's a famous commercial with like a cutscene of MJ making a pretty sick play. And then there's an iconic jingle that goes along with it that starts off like sometimes I dream that he is me and then it carries on and there are kids who sing I want to be I want to be like Mike and the whole (laughs) idea if you drink Gatorade you can be like Mike and then this whole movie kind of rips off of that and if you wear his shoes you can also be like Mike sometimes I dream that he Which this is also incredible branding for the for the Jordan brand. <laughs> for real. Man. Even though I think those are just Nikes that he that he wears. Yeah. Speaking of like him as a kid, they're being like his shoes from when he was a child. Shouldn't the powers come from like shoes like from when he was an adult? <laughs> or if anything, shouldn't the powers that Calvin got were just like the skill level that Michael Jordan had as he would, when he wore those, when he was a kid. Does that make sense? I feel like this is an unnecessary nitpick. Uh, <laughs> I nitpick, but I don't hate. Okay. Fair. The movie makes like no attempt to like explain <laughs> how this, how this works other than he gets electrocuted. 
it, they don't even explain how, you know, this like 13 year old kid gets electrocuted and doesn't have to go to the hospital either. Like he's just the next and day falls, fine, you know, on his back. So so this is actually something that I that I picked up on as I was watching it this time. It's very cartoony. It is. And I don't think it's hiding from that with some of the some of the scenes like when Calvin gets into the hotel room with tea time for the first time and he's bouncing yeah. all over the place and there's like the eyes coming back devil. and forth. Yeah, or the the chase scene with <laughs> when kids are getting chased by the LA mob, yeah. it seems like <laughs> at the end it just shows very much like a cartoon. And even even his dunk when he's first playing tea time in that little <laughs> halftime challenge is absurd. If an NBA player did that, it would it would break the internet because he jumps from the, not even the free throw line. He jumps from the, a step inside the three point line it and was... dunks it two hands. And then it's just like, yeah, that checks out because he had Michael Jordan's kids shoes on. Yeah, because I've seen Michael Jordan do that plenty of times. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he just pivots on the like the way he swung just kills me every time now because it's such an easy, like horrible graphic. Yeah. Oh, the... there's like the squeak of the. Like it sounded exactly like the Sandlot fence, and the the green screen in that oh, is yes. so bad. It's so bad in that scene. I guess it's a bad time to ask for your autograph, huh? Yeah, <laughs> that was one of the takeaways for me for sure. Was like how bad the effects were in this movie. Like as a kid, <laughs> like I thought this was. I thought it looked amazing. Like how do you jump all the way from back there? And like now, like I'm so like. Even Jeremy, you were mentioning like the the poster and like how photoshopped it is. Like I can't yeah. unsee it. There's just so many moments in this movie. It's like oh, this kind of stuff just tough. makes me love it though even more. It's like, like <laughs> the fact that we've been bamboozled by that for 15 years <laughs> is amazing. I think some movies are meant to like still be watched in standard definition because the high def <laughs> just does not yeah. does not do it any favors. Well, I just. 20, 20th Century Fox just really needs a step of their game because they just didn't sell us on the possibility of a four foot eight kid dunking a basketball. <laughs> Can we talk about some Easter eggs? Sure. Yeah, that Easter's coming up. They're not really Easter eggs. The first one is I feel like this movie really dogs on the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Yes. Here's here's why. Yeah, let's let's talk about this a little bit. The scene that they show at the beginning where Calvin looks over and it's like Will Smith, shout out to him. He's dancing and mm -hmm. it's like a raucous episode of Fresh Prince, just like quintessential Fresh Prince. Why? I'm assuming you guys love Fresh Prince growing up. Yes. Okay, good. But good. this is my Gen Z coming out. This is my first experience seeing what I didn't know what the Fresh Prince was until I saw it and I was like, oh, that's the show from Like Mike. I'm sorry to That's those okay. millennials I, listening. I, I'm going to admit no, something similar. Okay. I had never seen Fresh Prince. It, like seeing like watching this movie was like the first time I had even heard of it or had oh, actually like really? seen it. But you know who I did know? I did know the dad from Family Matters because I yes, watched that all yes. the time. Yes. So I thought okay. that was funny. It's like they get him in at the end, but they didn't get Uncle Phil in. I feel like that would have like tied everything together with like yeah. him him going with Bel Airs. But I guess they got like on the, the next best thing. Yeah, because it looks like at the beginning of the movie, it looks like him moving to Bel Air would be lit, kind of like it was yeah. on on the show. And then when the Boyds show up, and mm -hmm. they are perfect squares. Yeah, they're so just boring. Absolute perfect squares. Like there's not even the 
it's Carlton and the funny and his side to Mr. Boyd, like there is to Uncle Phil, RIP, <laughs> yeah. on the on the show, like there's there's nothing, no redeeming qualities that they have except they're rich and they want to adopt Calvin. Yeah, bro, Calvin did the Boyd so dirty. He made him way <laughs> out in the parking lot for hours. Hey, he just man, dipped. Here's another thing. Here's another like suspender disbelief. Also, like if a child doesn't show up after a major sporting event, I think there are like the systemic societal things that we do. I think that's why God made the Amber Alert. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he's just sitting there like all the lights of the stadium go out and he's like, oh, I wonder what's taking Calvin so long. That's a that's a clear red flag that maybe you should adopt <laughs> yeah. a child. Yeah. And then he just um, goes back home to the orphanage where there's no guardian anymore because Biddleman disappears. I can't tell the logic of the movie. Is Sister Teresa working under Biddleman? I was and then she just rises to the top. Yeah, at the end, like I, I didn't know because it, it seemed like she was just their teacher or something, you know, mm-hmm. and that she was she was coming there to like drop off donations at the beginning of the movie. But I didn't get the impression like, oh, she's there all the time or anything like that. But it's like, shoot, there's an opening. I'm going to take Biddleman's spot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he just disappears at the end, though. Like no consequences. You think he'd go to jail for his crimes, but no. Who Biddleman? You just, yeah, homeboy's dead. He's okay. Good point. Good point. <laughs> He's that, dead. That little tiny scooter no, trucked him. Not even the scooter. So he got injured by that. But those yeah. mobsters killed him. Oh, okay. I oh. thought you. I thought you were gonna say Calvin Cambridge took him out with that kill shot. <laughs> nah, <the> scooter. Nah. <laughs> oh, that was that hit him with the force of an entire vehicle. That one <laughs> yeah. little scooter. You saw him. He was on the wires and everything. Yeah. Oh man. The um there's the line at the end. I think Red just says it. Shout out Brenda Song. I forgot that yeah. she was in this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she says something like he hasn't been seen since he made the bet that he couldn't pay up for. Mm. So it seems like it seems like the uh the kids wow. watching this movie get a little introduction into uh mob justice. It's a little dark. Hey man, it's a hmm. dog eat dog world out there in LA. Yep. Yeah. And and if you want to see another mob movie involving dogs. Uh, you can watch C Spot Run. That's my rec for the for the week, dude. What a solid choice. <laughs> uh, John, do you have any specific childhood memories with this movie? As far as like the first time that I saw the movie, uh, I didn't I didn't go to the the movies um, when this came out. I know it like it looked good, and I wanted to see it as a kid, but we never went. And I know yeah. that my friend, I went to my friend Matt's birthday party. And he got this movie on VHS and he was talking about how it was like such a good movie. And I was like, oh, man, I want that. And so. <laughs> so I think, oh, the, man, I want that. Oh, man, I Give want me that. that. So I, I I remember I got some money either for my birthday or for Christmas from our Aunt Wendy. It does. I guess it like stood out to me. I remember getting money from her yeah. and I like I went down to Walmart and bought it. Probably paid a full like twenty two ninety nine for this movie on oh. dvd without seeing it so i brought it home and we watched it and luckily i enjoyed it and me and you quoted it all the time but that's that's basically it um did you have any stories jeremy on this one i specifically remember this another recess memory because this movie came out when i was in kindergarten and 
it might have been second grade because this one specific girl I think was only in my second grade class. Uh, she kept on. There's this one girl. Her name was Lindsay, I think, and she kept. No, this was kindergarten. Full full on kindergarten. She was singing the the like Mike like we're playing basketball song, and mm-hmm. she was like, "I want to be NBA cheerleader when I grow up." And she was just following me. I think she had a crush on me in kindergarten, and I was not for that. I, I That's the worst thing that you want in kindergarten is to let it be known that a girl likes you. <laughs> um, So she was just, like, chasing me around with her cooties and all that and just singing that song. And I climbed the monkey bars to escape her, and uh, I remember her licking my knee. <laughs> Jonathan put the ex- Explicitly on this episode. <laughs> discretion it was so advised. weird. So weird. Um, but yeah, I was trying to escape her and I climbed the monkey bars and she went right for my knee. So the song was Yeah, yeah, just the song and she was pretending to be a cheerleader on the sidelines. We were on the jungle gym and she was just chasing me around singing that song. She was singing the song or you she were? was sing- she was singing it and I was like, Oh yeah, like Mike, cool. Also, get away. <laughs> Besides your uh, traumatic experience on the on the playground, do you guys have other memories associated with this song? Uh, no. Oh, uh, well, there's it's it was the music on one of the video games. Was it an NBA Street game? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Jonathan, what about you? No, I just remember the song and like that. Pretty much that montage of this song playing is like one of the best parts of the whole movie. Just like the different interactions with all the different like NBA players of the time. Yeah. I've forgotten about so many of those people, but like Jason Kidd and Allen Iverson and uh, all those people. It's like a modern day Space Jam montage. Basically, yeah. All right. So <laughs> do you guys know the history of that song in particular? Not at all. I don't. Okay. So this isn't, this is not an original to this movie. Okay. There okay. is a song called Basketball by Curtis Blow mm-hmm. that was released in 84. Lil Bow Wow's it's, dad, huh? It, it's, it's not. It's not Bow Wow. Oh, Papa Wow. Oh, okay. Yeah. So in, in the original, it still has the, <laughs> the chorus <Wolf>. like... <laughs> so in the original, they still have the... They're playing basketball. We love that basketball. And some of the lines are similar, yeah. but then all the references are different. So mm-hmm. Dr. J's getting referenced, Moses Malone, Rick okay, Barry, yeah. Wilt Chamberlain, Kareem, Pistol Pete, like old school, old school guys. LeBron. So then what they did. Oh, huh? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just trying to. <laughs> so then when they, when they brought it up, they kept like the same principle of the song and then they updated, they updated the reference. But the really cool thing is if you go on. If you go on YouTube and you type in Curtis Bowl basketball and you click start, the start of his music video is, it's really corny, but it's cheerleaders doing really similar moves <laughs> to what the cheerleaders are doing in the movie when the song huh. starts. So it's a cool, it's, it's like an overt ripoff of that original song, but then they're also giving a hat tip to the music video as, as that montage goes on. Cool. That's really yeah. cool. I didn't know I didn't know that.
Moses Malone. I like slam dunks and taking it to the hoop. My favorite play is the alley oop. I like the pick and roll. I like the give and go. Cause it's basketball of Mr. Kirch's flow. You said you were going to have some hip-hop facts in there. I'm, we're also not experts on that. so <laughs> I'm not an expert. I like what I like, and this is one of the things that, yeah. that I really enjoy about this. I don't think we've paired a, a guest to a, a specific movie more perfectly. <laughs> I, I think we, <laughs> we've chosen – we usually make the, we make the guest choose one movie, but mm-hmm. we always had you in mind for this movie. Uh, I appreciate but, that. I mean, at least for the next one you want to come, if you want to come on, well, I'm sure there'll be a better, uh, warmer welcome next time. <laughs> we'll let you choose the movie next time. The song in particular might be the thing that stood out to me the most about this, because when I, when I think back to my early childhood, so middle elementary school, really, I think about, this was before elementary school, but. Michael Jordan, my earliest basketball memory is Michael Jordan's last championship with the Bulls. I have a very vague memory of that and Michael Jordan's reference in this. But then when I started coming into kind of like my sports consciousness, like things that I actually have very real memories of, I think about the Lakers titles. I think about Vince Carter being an unbelievable dunker. And there's that, the verse in in the song that talks about were you in the joint when MJ scored 63 points when the Lakers won titled back-to-back? And then it talks about mm-hmm. when Vince Carter stuck his arm in the rim. Like We were watching that live as, mm-hmm. as a family. So it's kind of a cool way to musically capture a lot of my sports memories from my, from my early childhood days. That's awesome. Man. I was going to ask you, since, since you're, the, you're the basketball guy, the, in this movie uh, – they basically pair, yeah. Vince Carter is like the big bad, right? Because he's like the 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 Raptors is like their final game or whatever to get into the to the to the playoffs. So was he like was he like the best of the best at that time, or was that just like they just picked him to be at the end? Okay, so there was there was a time after Michael Jordan where there there was real question about who the best player in the NBA was. Shaq mm-hmm. probably has it not long after MJ left, especially when they went back to back to back. But really one of the big questions is who is the best guard, which is a smaller player out on the court. And guards are usually who get a lot of attention. Like MJ was a shooting guard. Mm -hmm. Vince Carter played shooting guard or small forward. So his name was in the running right around this time. The, The problem that Vince ran into was that there's a guy who's referenced in this movie but is not in the movie by the name of Kobe Bean Bryant who mm-hmm. kind of grabbed that grabbed that title for the guards the best player in the league when you get to like 2004 2005 2006 you're probably talking about Tim Duncan but kind of our collective memory looking back on it is Kobe because he was flashier than Tim Duncan ever was mm-hmm. people liked Vince until about two seasons after this. Vince's last season when he played for Toronto was 2004 and 2005. And it's, it's kind of a not so hidden secret that he, he just quit (laughs) on Toronto his last season and forced a trade and got traded to New Jersey. Mm -hmm. So he was, he was beloved high flyer, exciting player to watch. And then a couple years later, he became kind of the persona that he might have in this 
in this movie the the big bad of the NBA. Hmm. Well, he just was never the same after Calvin Cambridge came and schooled him on the court. That is true. <laughs> hey, man, Tracy, better school you again. <laughs> getting beat by a four four foot eight kid will really humble you when it comes to playing basketball. You're in the glove now. That's a bit- more like a mitten. Yeah. Oh, I never, got, I never got that's that joke. The best. Oh, okay, okay. So that that dude is named Gary Payton. Okay, and he is one of the greatest defenders of all time. Mm-hmm. So people call them the glove. Mm-hmm. So that's oh, why he says, "Now okay. you know what it's like to be defended by the glove." So Calvin hits him with more like a mitten, <laughs> and then the little Ooh. scuffle ensues. Yeah, Ooh. yeah. This movie, Harsh. man. This movie is full of stuff like that. Like people who were NBA fans in the early 2000s, like this, it's a kids movie, but this movie is also for them. It's like on a platter yeah. with the, especially with those cutscenes when they're kind of flying through the rest of the, the season with the basketball montage and then a little bit after that as well. Yeah. It's just over and over again. Uh, even one that I like, I love the Dirk Nowitzki scene oh, where yeah. he comes up and he's <laughs> like, hey, Calvin, can I get an autograph for my niece? And he's like, yeah, sure. What's her name? Uh, Dirk. <laughs> and that's like you could tell in this movie like most most like kids movies kids sports movies with like professional real life players are horrible actors yes and i'm not saying he was a great actor or anything but they actually looked like they wanted to be there though they were had they had fun with it and most most people aren't like they're just like reading the lines and then they go Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that was hilarious. And I'm sure there's a story of this somewhere, but it definitely seems like they actually showed up to the different stadiums to film this, especially yeah. like the tunnel shots with with Dirk. It seemed like they might have filmed there in Dallas or somewhere where Dallas was on the on the road with Dirk and Steve Nash. And that mm-hmm. I don't know who the third guy is off the top of my head in that in that scene, but it's Steve Nash and Dirk, and then one of their other one of their other teammates in Dallas. And I would be interested to see if there's like a written or an oral history about the process of shooting these different cutscenes. I think that would be a fun, a fun piece to write or read. It's not featured on the two disc special edition DVD, full screen <laughs> edition. <laughs> so I didn't have that growing up. I wasn't that privileged. <laughs> Can we talk about Biddleman some more? Oh, we, we figured we would. Let's do it. Crispin Glover. Yeah. Which... Marty McFly's dad. Calvin, you are my density. <laughs> oh, that's two different Crispin Glover movies. My bad. So a couple things, couple, couple things that bother me about Biddleman. Number one, knowing what we know now, the fact that he seems to be running a Catholic orphanage. Yes. With let's say his general disposition is not a good look. <laughs> He's super Yikes. creepy. Um, and then on top of that, well, let's do this. If you had one word to describe Biddleman in this movie, what would it be? Well, now you already said creepy. So yeah, that's off the table. Um, slimy. Slimy. Yeah. Um, scuzzbag. Scuzzbag. Uh, can we can we get a dictionary.com check? Is that two words or one word? Scuzzbag. Listeners, hit them up at Inside Quotes on uh, Instagram and let us know if scuzzbag counts as one word or one word or two. 
So I was I was really intrigued by him more because of what it says about like this is this this is, might be getting too deep, but we're gonna go anyways. More of what it says about orphans in general and institutionalizing mm-hmm. orphans. So we're we're doing the thing. So J.K. Rowling, ever heard of her? <laughs> has mm-hmm. has done significant work um, with an organization that I think she started called Luminosity. And their basic premise is that like kids should never be institutionalized, period. So they would say like foster care or something like that is significantly better than institutionalizing a kid in an orphan's home. And Mm -hmm. I was really compelled by some of the commentary about orphanages through this. On the one hand, seemingly underfunded. On another hand, some real mental health issues like with... uh, ox mm-hmm. with ox he's yeah, dealing yeah. with some like real stuff and the the best he can get from the dude who's there is you're an idiot and listen to me you was, idiot <laughs> yeah and the way the he third, shudders and shakes when he said that yeah yeah listen to me you idiot <laughs> <laughs> and then the third thing when they get support from the team it seems like a one-off like the team shows up they do some nice things for the orphanage and then it kind of seems like they're the team's gone. Hey, the only one that cares about them is Jode. That he's the only one. He he's the initial like he wanted to be Calvin's mentor at first. Mm-hmm. He would always taken him in. Take the locker next to mine. I just love how he was the one that asked about Biddleman. He's like, "Whatever happened to that guy?" Yeah. <laughs> just like them to just resolve the. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I don't know. If, I mean, they put the the Knights logo on the they they sponsored the home, but. It doesn't matter. All the main characters are gone now, so. Yeah, all that to say, it got, there were some realer points than I remembered as a kid, which is just the nature yeah. of rewatching, rewatching oh. this kind of thing. You know what really hurts? You just made me realize that Ox didn't get adopted. Low-key, does Ox deserve to get adopted? At the end, yeah. <laughs> I stand Jesse Plemons. Hey, hey, look. If I learned anything from Ox, it's this. Orphans are like dogs. Parents only want the puppies. Want the puppies. Excellent. Yeah. They only want the puppies. <laughs> okay, one, our, probably the most quotable quote from between us is, uh, we don't even have context of like something fits or not. He's just like, we just don't make these things for normal sized people. Jersey rip. And they rip the jersey. <laughs> yeah. We we have been Jesse Plemons stands from day one. <laughs> he's honestly great. He's, he's really great in this movie. He, he's been booming as of recently in the acting field, but like he's amazing in this. I mean he's he's such a good villain and he has a good arc where he, he becomes the good guy at the end. And he's not the villain. And he's such like he's like he's not the villain, but he's like like the side antagonist. But like he goes back and forth. Like they're they're friendly rivals, but also horrible bully. <laughs> yeah, it's, but it's definitely a hurt people hurt hurt people hurt people kind of an idea with him because you can yeah. tell he's got some he's got some big time baggage in oh, his in his past because there are moments when like really nice things are happening even when Calvin gets him tickets to the game, yeah. and then Calvin Reg and Murph try to show him like affection and like dap him up when they're watching the game and he just kind of he like almost gives him the high five 
and then he yeah. kind of sneers at him. He built a wall. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. But um, I think you can. I think you can see that throughout his performance. I genuinely think his performance is really good because even yeah. when he's, even when he's coming face to face with Biddleman in the scene where Biddleman gets the um, gets the information about Calvin's shoes, you can see he's conflicted, and you just see it in his face. Mm-hmm. So it's really well done. The other, the other messed up thing. Circling back to Biddleman. Threatening to burn Murph's picture of his I was mom. Going on to that. His only photo. Only picture. I I was trying to think in a kid's movie, can you think off the top of your head of something more cruel than that? That is so villainous. Oh. Like that's that's a heinous threat. Yeah. I mean, okay, if we're talking like any villain. I'm going straight Matilda, where she feeds him the blood in sweat cake. Yeah, that's like that's jail time. But you do have that. That is a good, um, good little segment thing that we could start doing. As a you just like not rate the villain, but like describe the villain in one word. And there's each villain has its own like word. And this, I mean. Matilda Scuzz was bag s- is now Biddleman. Scuzz bag is for this one. <laughs> Sweaty was for Matilda. Okay. Yeah. Another 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 rookie of the year connection, you know, because you got to have that character oh, yeah. that's just like trying to make money off the kid. And in rookie of the year, he's got his like wannabe stepdad, not really yet, that Jack, who's like trying to like Ooh. managers get ten percent, you know, and he's like. And see, yeah, um, with Biddleman, he like you know straight up lies to him. It's like as long as you're playing for the Knights, you you can't get adopted. That can't change. <laughs> and that's the other thing with like Crispin Glover that that plays Biddleman. I've just always been so fascinated as to why is he in this movie? Because he's like this really like eccentric actor that like picks like really weird roles. And I'm just yeah, I just like what drew him to like like Mike and like how much of that character was like. Did he like come in with like, okay, the script says this. It's probably just a generic guy. I was like, I really think it'd be interesting if I, you know, tried to burn Murph's mom's picture here. Or, you know, it's like, what ideas did he did he come up with? You know, <laughs> that was probably his idea. I, oh, I when I saw that scene for sure, I was like, that's his stare. for a kids movie. I don't know if you can like have a more like threatening act than that. That that seemed very very evil in my mind. This this dude is like willing to cross so many lines, like. Most of the time, if you're getting held up at gunpoint, they don't want to shoot you. But this guy wants to shoot you. Mm-hmm. He's he's only he's only threatening because that's his plan. Ah, he is he's a, he's scary. He's a scary villain. I'm I'm also interested in your thoughts on our guy Morris Chestnut and his performance. Morris Chestnut. Morris Tea Chestnut, time. aka Tracy Reynolds, aka Tea Time. So not. Not being not being big NBA fans, how did you rate his performance as kind of the quintessential NBA star player? In in my mind, I always like imagined him as like this guy that probably had potential at one point, but like was kind of a has been or something. Like Chet. You know, I I never really (laughs) like Chet Stedman. Dude, this is so bad. I love it. Only there's no like Cringy guitar riffs, 80s guitar riffs at the with with Chet. 
So I never really like, I don't know. I didn't like picture him as like, oh, he's the quintessential player or anything like that. I mean, I guess he's the best that the Knights got, aka the Clippers. I guess, yeah. but I enjoyed his character, but also definitely didn't think that he should be their adopted father at the end, um, because they are so close and it's not really like that dynamic whatsoever. But he he brought a woman back to he his was, and Calvin's yes. hotel room and he was gonna say hey kid get out hang a sock on, your, on the door on your way out <laughs> and then I don't know three months later he's uh he's and Calvin should have called oh. him dad by the that end that was the so. weirdest part of the whole movie <laughs> not dad yeah. what <laughs> also he's an NBA player Jonathan brought this up he's an NBA player has a huge house, and he's still making him and Murph share a room. <laughs> I bet it was in the basement, too. Probably. I didn't see any windows. Yeah, me either. It was a cool bedroom, though. Yeah, oh yeah. He probably put him in the basement because Calvin snores. He's like, gotta get him as far <laughs> away as possible. That's such a good, like, character flaw. Here's what I want, what I want listeners to do. Pull up a picture of Morris Chestnut and then pull up a picture of Michael Jordan. <laughs> I see it. That's, that's, I think, what they were going for. Mm. I think they were like, okay, who's an actor who's <laughs> tall enough or taller enough than Lil Bow Wow who somewhat resembles Michael Jordan who we can then put in as kind of Calvin's foil for this for this film and they I mean, found Morris Chestnut. They all they had to do is look for a, you know, the 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 tall bald one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> well, that's how they describe isn't that how Sister Teresa describes MJ? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I, that's yeah, what yeah, I was yeah, going yeah. for. <laughs> yeah, that's how she describes MJ and then all of a sudden it's like, "Oh, yeah, it's tea time too." Yeah. Yeah, th- there's some I mean, yeah, you got to grow with with your character through the whole movie. Otherwise, it's an it's worthless. Um, but what I was weirded out by was how they were. You know, the scene where they're sitting on the what is it, merry-go-round type thing? What's that called? A recess. They're just discussing like that '70s show style. Oh of, yeah, like at the Murph orphanage. Murph and Reg and Calvin at the orphanage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Murph was just talking to him like, you know, that's the one you want. Talk, giving him like relationship advice for <laughs> someone who might hasn't even considered adopting him. It's like, no, me and T Tom are just friends. It ain't like that. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's so <laughs> weird. But you know in your heart which one who you want. <laughs> but you like him. <laughs> but you like him. <laughs> uh, also, the two for one deal. Imagine being pulled on like that. Like, actually, that's another huge life decision. Adopting two kids at once. That's Murph's. That's Murph's whole thing. Yeah. In this, he just gets pulled into Calvin's <laughs> good times. Think even at the, the shadow at the end after uh, after not at the end, but when Tea Time and Calvin are having their little geometry lesson. So Calvin yeah. and Tea Time have a good time, and then Murph all of a sudden shows up, and the two of them are like. Oh, I guess we have to keep playing with the paint. 
Murph's yeah. here now. We gotta have fun let's, with him. Let's break out the purple. Yeah, and then <laughs> Calvin's like, hey, Pops, what if we take a little white boy too? <laughs> like, no, he, he calls him over first, and then he's like, all right, this is what you're gonna do. He doesn't give him a choice. <laughs> Imagine being having to say no. You can't say no in that situation. Also, I thought Calvin had two best friends, not just one. Uh, Well, she got adopted, apparently. <laughs> it all worked out. It showed the picture at the end. Yeah. Um, But we need justice for Jesse. Justice for Ox. Hey, Jeremy, did you know a cab ride here costs $50? <laughs> hey, Philip, can I borrow forty nine fifty? Let me go get my wallet. Oh, he had 50 cents. Man, that was, that's a good line. Today's episode is sponsored by Allegra. Nice. It's a beautiful name. Allegra? That's also your allergy medicine, Jeremy. What is that, French? Oh. <laughs> I just love it. Why did he need sleep medication? Just for that one bit where he took three pills and instantly fell asleep. It was like allergy medicine. It was allergy medicine and sleeping pills. Completely irrelevant. Unless you need sleeping pills whenever well, it's, you're... It's because it's a kid's movie, so they can't like have them go out like drunk driving or something. <laughs> like, Good oh, give point. Them sleeping, Never sleeping thought pills. of it that way. <laughs> Good point. Good point. And Calvin went out joyriding, covering them up for him. And then your boy, your boy called out tea time. Oh, yeah. He did it to save you. <laughs> He gets in bed after that. Sorry, I stole your girl tea time. <laughs> Girls just love me. I was interested in what this movie says about young people becoming famous, which is interesting meta commentary for Lil Bow Wow because he was yeah. in the spotlight. I mean, this movie, yes, but also his rap career and mm -hmm. because of his dad as well. He was in the spotlight from a really young age. But then it made me even think of modern day TikTok stars, YouTubers, different kinds of influencers. There was a line towards the end of the movie that I thought was really compelling when he goes up to his coach and he says, this, no matter what happens, this is my last game. And he says, I'm ready to be a regular kid again. Yeah. And I thought that was compelling about, especially in terms of how young people are currently experiencing uh, the world being so online and so visible to other people, whether yeah. that's Instagram, which is huge for high schoolers right now, which is who I work with, and TikTok especially, like they are seen mm -hmm. by other people all the time. And there's a there's a real burden that comes with that. And I thought it was really interesting that this movie kind of waded into that, into that water, because I think he makes that determination that it was going to be his last game before the shoes break, right? No, I think they had just broken. And he had decided to get back into the game, but he was going to be like, Tracy, I'm done. And just Got it. Leave. Um, Got it. But he also, he has a conversation with the coach too. Yeah. Which, by the way, we can talk about the coach. The coach is such a good guy. He's you the wouldn't best. expect that from an NBA coach. I mean, maybe you would. I don't know any NBA coaches, so I can't really judge. But <laughs> I mean, the way he was just like, he gave him like, well, he gave him a twenty for a chocolate bar from the scams, which I didn't realize that was a scam at first. So I was like, that's what you have to do when you're an orphan. You just sell chocolate in parking lots. 
We did that in Boy Scouts those voluntarily. Those chess sets that fit on the the steering wheels, those aren't cheap. That's exactly (laughs) what I was going to say. A Chessmaster 3000 (laughs) running you like 250 these days. Man. (laughs) Um. He, but the coach treats him like a like a player. I mean, he doesn't like talk down to him. Like when he comes in and asks questions, he just like yeah. you know tells him the truth and gives him. It's an honor to have you on this team. Yeah, or like you always have a spot on my team or something like that. Even though he's like twelve. Um, but the way that he was like, I don't even. I can't take it, man. I, I don't actually even know if this goes to the home. Like he saved mm-hmm. him from losing twenty bucks which I'm sure he has plenty of those because he didn't even know what, how much a chocolate bar, chocolate bar was worth. He's like, how much can this get me? Um, that's what happens when you're rich is you spend $20 on chocolate. Um, but then he just immediately was like, well, have you ever been to the game? I've got tickets. And he just gives him a ticket or four or five of them. And I thought that was really cool because he could have just sped off. He was a character that didn't need integrity in his character and they gave it to him. That's all I'm saying. Here's here's a weird connection that I thought of. Have you guys seen Dune? Yes. I saw the okay. Dune. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, not the old one. Uh, in that movie, when... No spoilers, I don't think. When Paul is struggling with the idea that he will have to step up and lead eventually, and he looks at his dad, and he's like, what if I'm not able to do this and without any kind of character development from Leto, who's Paul's dad, Leto looks at him and says, even if you don't take my place, you will have been everything I ever needed you to be my son. And it was like those kind of moments where there's not there's not character development, they're just a good person is kind of jarring in a movie and i think the coach fills that role in some capacity in this film as well which is wow that's a that's a stretch to call this a film i don't know if you guys make a (laughs) distinction on inside quotes between film and movie we make so many film snobs mad by our hot takes Ah, okay well there you go (laughs) we we consider this top tier now i'll do you one better this is cinema (laughs) <laughs> so in in my uh in my english studies we talked about small l literature and capital l literature <laughs> i had a question i was gonna i was gonna throw out to you guys there's the scene where um murph is is guarding the shoes while calvin goes to the to the boyd's house to bel-air and he puts them on <laughs> There's that scene where he's like suckers fall right off when he jumps. (laughs) And I was gonna ask, do you think do you think he would have made the shot if the shoes didn't fall off? Or do you think it's like a Thor's hammer thing where only someone worthy like would have the powers? Or does he have to say make me like Mike? Exactly. (laughs) Make me like Mike. (laughs) Oh wait, did he he said that, right? Yeah, he says it. Okay, never mind. Um, I think Merch just trash. It's trash. It's garbage. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's any. I don't think there's any help athletically Could... from Murph. And I think the Stuart Little movie would back up my assertions here. <laughs> That's no mouse. That's, That's my, my brother. brother. <laughs> so, uh, I, I looked up this movie on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't know why, but I did. <laughs> uh, and it's it has a fifty-seven percent 
score, which I thought was extremely high for like a kids critics movie. or audience. Uh, uh, critics score fifty. Oh, I mean for like a kids movie, fifty seven though. That's like really high. That's, like that's good. For this kids movie, yeah. <laughs> Man, mostly, mostly what we cover is like down in like twenty three percent or something. <laughs> I wonder what the lowest Rotten Tomato score we've done is. Probably like Leave It to Beaver or Cast, not Casper. I don't know. I think, I think our lowest score was seven. <laughs> oh. I want to talk about room service. All right. Philip, I don't know how, how wealthy you grew up. Uh, a pro- probably not room service level, I would assume. Uh, but I always, this movie romanticized the idea of room service at a hotel. To the point where I was like, every time we checked in at like the Holiday Inn, I would be like, "Where's the, where's the phone? I want to call room service." And my yeah. dad was like, "No, that doesn't <laughs> exist here first. But it's not free like it wasn't like Mike. The kid was ordering everything on the menu for free, for free, and that was cool. I just love how he didn't even need a menu. He just like named everything off the top of his head. He was like, "I can get anything." All right, well, in that case. <laughs> I, and that guy on the phone was like, yeah, fam, I got you. No problem. Yeah. Yeah, name, name what you want. We got it. <laughs> and they're so, just at I mean, a Sheraton. Are Sheraton's really nice hotels? I have no idea. I don't either. I'm, I've never heard of that. But they've got like five class, five star uh, room service dining. I guess they're at the heart of hundreds of communities in 70 plus countries worldwide. Sheraton. Is everywhere you want to be. Hashtag ad. <laughs> Hashtag ad. We're not sponsored by the Sheridan. Oh, sorry. So, it's okay. This this does make me want to watch a hotel movie. <laughs> I don't know. If it... <laughs> Phil, I'm writing do you know... that one down. I know what you're talking about. Okay. Hotel movie? Do you know hotel any... Transylvania? No. I don't know. No. I haven't We're seen talking 90s. Okay. Have you ever seen the movie Dunstan Checks In? <laughs> no. Dude, it is so good. It's about these this small family, single dad, and they live in a hotel. They live in a hotel. And all of a sudden, an orangutan finds its way in the hotel, and they adopt the orangutan, <laughs> and it gets in, into all sorts of mischief and hijinks. And it is the greatest proper New York movie. I love it. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. You're, okay. So we'll, we'll probably cover that. Yep. And it's got an 11% on Rotten Tomatoes. So that tells <laughs> oh, you how good it is. Nice. <laughs> I love it. But that's pretty much all the that's pretty much all the points that I have written down. Other than the the quote that I didn't pick up on until this last time was, "Man, I'm not. I'm just not some Chalupa giveaway, man." <laughs> I love that. That cracked me up. That's a great that's a great little hat tip to NBA games as well because it used to be when you went to when you went to an NBA game they had like if the team scores 100 points everybody gets a big mac. Yeah. And you had to go to like one of two one of two uh Chicagoland Big Mac locations that were always like half an hour away from the yeah. United Center <laughs> where the Bulls played. <laughs> Show them your tickets up the next day between like 11 and 2 and you could get a free Big Mac, like really specific <laughs> stuff. Yeah. So when he said that, I was like, oh, the night the took up with Taco Bell instead of McDonald's. Nice. Shout out to them. Nice. 
So, Jarlan, do you have any final thoughts before we hand it over to Philip for his final thoughts? I think I'm good. Oh, you have to quiz me, right? Yeah. Do you, do you have any uh, any any last words? Any last words about Like Mike? Yeah. This is this is the bet one of the best movies for sports fans of a certain age, probably my age, and then a little bit older, with all of the with all of the little Easter eggs and fun early two thousands basketball references. So I thoroughly enjoyed going back and rewatching this. I actually started my day with this. I watched this movie at five forty five this morning. Oh man. I was just up and Sarah leaves for work at like five thirty, five forty. She starts to shift at six o'clock. Um, so when she got up and got going, I just wasn't going back to sleep. So I just popped the movie on. Delightful way to start my day. Dude, there's something something that hits different about like a six AM, seven AM movie. When you have no other responsibilities. You just a morning movie is so beautiful. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm on spring break this week, so I got all the time in the world. You about awesome. to be on a bigger break. True. But that's that's private information. We won't say. No, it's not. I'm always pregnant. Oh, she's about to <laughs> pop out a baby. There you go. We talk about it all the time on End of the Valley Phoenix Suns podcast, part of the Brightside Podcast Network. Very nice. <laughs> hey, we thank need to get you. on a network. Nice plug. Thank you. Thank well, you. Well, uh, before we let you go, Philip, we want to have you take a real quick test. It's an IQ test. I IQ stands for Inside Quotes. You're an avid listener of the show, so you know all about it. We're gonna just we've got like a few questions here. We'll just do them rapid fire here to to close out the show. The first question I've got for you is what was the first movie you ever saw in the movie theaters? Please say like Mike. <laughs> I don't know. It was some it would be something like Remember the Titans, Emperor's New Groove, something around mm. the okay. Around 2000, maybe before that. Let's check 99. Maybe like the earliest memory. You know, I think the earliest. We knew a guy who ran a movie theater in a town over from us. And we got to go watch Lord of the Rings in the movie theater. And we were probably too young to watch that. (laughs) But it was really cool. And I still love, I love fantasy. Lord of the Rings, Dune. Harry Potter, obviously. I love fantasy stories. Okay. Um, so something in that in that like vein, Mike. <laughs> yeah, like Mike aligns right with that. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I feel like I'm I'm starting to test off on a bad way. It was also supposed to be rapid fire, and I'm sitting here googling a bunch. <laughs> oh of no, stuff, it's fine. So I have no idea. I have no idea. I don't have. We'll go. We'll go with uh, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, sure. Say Lord of the Rings. I was like five Rings. watching orcs getting cut up. <laughs> I don't know when those that's movies came out. That's an amazing first movie to see. Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> All right, question number two. Uh, which do you prefer, Blockbuster or Hollywood Video? What a ridiculous question. Blockbuster. Oh. Oh. Okay. You know, I always say that there's no wrong answers, but that is the correct answer. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Did you have a Hollywood Video? Yeah. Okay, okay. I didn't know if that was regional. It was also or... garbage in Indiana. Okay. <laughs> yeah, true. question number three what's the craziest snack you've ever snuck into the movies (laughs) taco bell taco bell hey chalupa giveaways yeah (laughs) all right question number four uh people usually have an opinion on subtitles do you like to watch movies with or without them 
I'm guessing without. I I've kind of switched recently to being a with person. Okay. Shout out to my homie Brooksha for this. She watches everything with subtitles, and she has to in order to hear. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I kind of like it now. I don't mind because if there's a funny moment and it's subtle, you can you can always get it as the subtitles are on the screen. Yeah. But also, I'm such a nerd. I love reading, so I just find myself just reading the the dialogue yeah. back and forth, yeah. and I I find that as enjoyable as anything else. Mm-hmm. I, we're, we're both pro subtitles. That way, yeah. we can say we read a movie the other day. There you go. <laughs> yeah, we um, especially when you rewatch something, it just helps you pick up on like yeah lines of dialogue that you never like caught before or whatever. Like oh now like I a chalupa giveaway, like a chalupa right. giveaway. That's yeah. right. <laughs> can you title the episode chalupa giveaway instead of like Mike? <laughs> <laughs> we need to do those. That's, Taco that's, Bell sounds fire right now. That's like Mike three chalupa giveaway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Question number five. This is the last one. All right. What movie, in your opinion, is totally overrated? Oh, goodness. It's okay if you offend us. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> All of the Back to the Futures. Oh. Interesting. All right. Interesting. I love the bravery. I love the bravery. Thank you. Now, now let the listeners know where they can find you again. That is a hot take. Yeah, at Philip underscore Russell three on Twitter. <laughs> All right. You just hate right. Crispin Glover so much from this movie. You just had. To. I didn't even know he was in it. <laughs> That's why I said. Who is he? Marty? You're my density. He's his dad. He's he's his dad that he helps out. In oh, the, the doctor. Film. Yeah. Who made the flux capacitor? No, not the doctor. No, no, no. I, I'm trolling now. I'm Dude. trolling now. Oh, okay. I couldn't tell if you had just like not even seen it more than once because you just didn't even like it or something. We were about to be like, dude, you should give that movie a chance. I probably should give it another chance. But right now when I think of when I think of really famous movies that I'm not I'm not super big on, it's the Back to the Future movies. Fair enough. Fair enough. Right. Oh, I have a bonus question. Because that's my favorite one and we and we left it out. Okay. Um, if money is no object, what's your go-to movie theater snack? Are you a candy guy? Are you a Slurpee guy versus sodas? Are you just straight up popcorn? Are you getting nachos? What you doing? It's hard to beat really good popcorn. Mm-hmm. But if you get like a really good tub of popcorn and you sprinkle in some peanut M&Ms. Hey, okay. Oh, baby. Talk to me. <laughs> yeah. We're we're living at that yeah. point. Talk to Some me, people... talk to me, talk to me, baby. <laughs> okay, goofy movie reference. Um, <laughs> uh, so a lot of people mix in different candies, bite-sized candies in their popcorn, and I've heard like raisinets and peanut M Ms. Raisinets can get all the way up out of here <laughs> compared to <laughs> at Ben Keen. Um, oh, never mind. Shout out to Ben. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I tried this on accident one time. I I put Junior Mints in it, and I loved okay, it. Okay. It was super good. All right, I'm going to flip it around on you guys. Okay. So you asked me for an overrated movie. Give me one underrated movie to close this out. Country Bears. You're Country Bears favorite. circa 2002. Yeah, I got it. Uh Oh, my goodness, dude. So underrated. Second, C-Spot Run. We can go all day. 
<laughs> there's there's so many underrated movies. Uh, I'll go with the one I've been harping on for the past year, which is The Rocketeer. That was that was an underrated movie. Mm, I, I really yeah. enjoyed it. I'd never watched it as a kid, and I watched it like about a year ago, and I really thought it was good. I'm going to unsolicitedly give mine. Uh, recent <laughs> Marvel movie that came out that kind of got dogged on, The Eternals. Oh, okay. Okay. Was really cool. It's underrated. It's really interesting. It's um. I I liked it. It's a cosmology. Yeah. It yeah, but it got it was not really well received. Yeah. But it's a it's a cosmology of like what are the origins of everything, and I think those stories are really interesting. Mm-hmm. Worth a rewatch. All right. Well, I just totaled up your uh, answers here, and I got your <laughs> your score here. That's going to be a uh, forty-two, which is a perfect score. So, Philip. Thanks for uh, participating in the IQ test. I, I like the score that you got there. And uh, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Well, normally this is the spot where we tell you where, where we can find you, but uh, uh, you've, you've plugged your podcast twice. Third time's the charm. All right. Tell us where we can find you. Yeah. You can find me personally at Philip underscore Russell three on the Twitter. You can find us my podcast at the bright side podcast network but if you search into the valley of phoenix suns podcast we'll pop up and i'm going to talk my noise on this podcast the only podcast on our feed you need to listen to is into the valley the other one's kind of (laughs) garbage okay all right uh you um you guys just started an instagram page right it has one post on it but on twitter we're the valley phx and i think we're the same thing on instagram yeah okay. the valley phx all one word all right sweet go check them out if you are a big basketball fan or if you're not it's still a great show i have i've listened to it and i have no idea what they're talking about so <laughs> our uh one of our best reviews on um on apple podcast was three good dudes talking hoops talking hoops <laughs> yeah so that's that's the content you're gonna get <laughs> oh we actually just got a, a recent we had a pretty good review just now uh, this past week one of our listeners said five stars my favorite podcast uh the under the name is green bean skinny <laughs> green bean skinny writes johnny and jeremy are like mike and sully mixed with the wet bandits with a hint of rut and toque but in a podcast and we just love our listeners like quoting three different movies in one sentence. I mean that that's amazing. <laughs> and I feel honored. Yeah, so Jeremy, uh next week it's gonna be your turn to pick a movie. Do you have a hint for yes, us? I do. It is going to be Easter around the time. So Easter's coming up, so we've gotta find a good movie with a lot of candy in it. Not necessarily a bunny movie, which that could be good, but we're going candy this time. So if you like, <laughs> Philip just mouthed the words. He got it. Um, so yeah, one of the greatest movies of our childhood. Some would say a staple of our childhood, but sort of candy Easter themed. So you'll see. Um, so here's a clip. Lickable wallpaper for nursery walls. Lick an orange. It tastes like an orange. Lick a pineapple. It tastes like a pineapple. Go ahead. Try it. Oh. I got a plum. Grandpa, this banana's fantastic. It tastes so real.
Try some more. The strawberries taste like strawberries. The snozberries taste like snozberries. Snozberries? Who ever heard of a snozberry? We are the music makers, and we are the dreamers of dreams. Just blaze, make it not. Our show art was done by Bryce Bridgman, and you can find him on Instagram at GroovyBridge. And you can also go to his website at BryceBridgman.com. If you need any artwork done by him, hit him up. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at InsideQuotesCast. Uh, if you have any movie suggestions for this year, or just any like fact checks that you need, because apparently Philip needs you to fact check us. Fact check us. Uh, so go ahead and send us a DM on that. And if you want to support the show in any way, go ahead and check out our merch site. We have t-shirts, a new mug done by Bryce Bridgman himself. Beautiful artwork. Uh, We've got sweaters, hoodies, and stickers. So go ahead and check that out and support the show. So here at Inside Quotes, uh, we're not opposed to using the word gimmick. So if you leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, uh, you'll get a free scooter from Calvin Cambridge and possibly the chance to be adopted by Tracy Reynolds, Tea Time himself. So. And if you don't, we're sending you to the boys. <laughs> Which isn't that bad, but it's, it's not, not too bad, actually. That's not number, that's not number one. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. We hope you enjoyed listening to us relive our childhood just as much as we have. And if you enjoyed it, go ahead and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify so that you don't miss out on a future episode. Until next week, y'all gonna make me lose my mind up yeah. in here. I ruined it. <laughs> oh, no, it's cool. Up in here, up in here.